It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. We'll be with a lot of people. Um, you know, Tom, CA, they, they got a lot of players. So um, we, we will be running into Tom Condon at some point over the next couple of days. Sam's part of the Eagle organization, and uh, what he's done in the last half of last year, I think, has given him that opportunity to stay in Philadelphia. And, and listen, being in his shoes, being a, being a player in his shoes, and, and you know, um, you, you have to want to be somewhere. And I think Sam wants to be in Philadelphia. like uh, Doug Peterson and, uh, you know, Howie Roseman weren't lying there. They did talk to Com- uh, Tom Condon. The deal is done at a surprising, at least to me, a surprising two-year deal. So uh, we are live right now on the Mixler.com app. Of course, uh, thank you to our sponsor once again, Clip It, who has, uh, by the way, the Chris Jones, with well, the last episode of 149, we're making this official welcome to BGN Radio 150, which we are doing Live and uh, just a uh, reminder that 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 Chris Jones clip there, Manny Ice has now over six hundred thousand views, which is pretty Unreal. awesome. Just for six uh, hundred thousand twigs and berries out there. <laughs> That's right. So uh, you can be just as Twitter famous and you know uh, get all those wonder things, wonderful things out there. It's in the App Store right now. It's uh, you know Apple, Android, clip it at clip it TV. Clipit.tv, C-L-I-P-P-I-T. So uh, kind of an interesting, uh, I I didn't expect the deal to be today. I actually thought this was going to go into free agency just for a little bit, but just your overall reaction. I know some people are saying like, wow, this is, this is kind of, uh, maybe the the market was small. Does this mean that for Sam Bradford, the market wasn't as small as you're just seeing the Whatever it is, thirty-six over two years, which is the cap number. Twenty-six of that guaranteed. Looks like a pretty good deal to me so far. Yeah, is there a question? 
Yeah, no, I just want your reaction from it. <laughs> uh, well, first thing, I got to get this out of the way. Uh, Ton condom. Use uh, protection. Yes, always use protection when negotiating with Ton condom. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the first thing that jumps out at me is it seems like it's probably more like a one-year deal. I think in general with football, you can chop the deals roughly in half, and it becomes a lot more palatable. And there are notable exceptions, but I think that that's – that's a pretty good rule of thumb. I'd be interested to see how these guarantees break down. I would not be surprised at all if that 26 number is actually lower than that, you know, um, be just because they have, you know, I think they have three types of guarantees. And uh, usually the ones that people care about are guarantees for uh, skill. And those are the times where they're like, boy, you suck. Like, we're going to just cut you. And that's usually what people get cut. Uh, but if you get uh, cut for injury reasons or whatever, then you have the guarantees for injury. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Bradford had something like that. And so the guaranteed money, the, the actual true guaranteed money that he'll get no matter why they cut him is somewhere south of 20. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, I don't know how you I don't know how we could possibly judge the market because you and I both know that that Tom Tom Condon. Yeah, I did it. Uh, Tom <laughs> there it is. is not allowed to uh, is not allowed to talk to any other teams until the seventh, John. So I don't know what sort of impropriety you're alleging, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. Stand. I wouldn't even suggest that at all. And I no. wouldn't even suggest that he could be put down at the combine talking to thirty other teams while he's mm -hmm. negotiating with Howie Roseman. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, no, in the market, who knows? And you're right, that guarantee could be be anything and I don't even think he sees the 26 really when it kind of comes down to it if you're judging on all the contracts that have come out so far I think we reacted the same when Lane Johnson's came around uh the same with kind of everybody else that's in there and even now the 13 million dollars a year per uh, per year even if that sticks that's the full guarantee that's I think it's the I think Patrick had said that it was like the 16th lowest as far as QBs go so and even even just looking at the cap number alone at 18 per that's Alex Smith. I think that's pretty much what we all wanted. I'm a bit surprised by the two years. You know, I think that's I, – I wouldn't expect Sam to kind of take that deal. But, again, who knows? that It, it allows you to draft a quarterback. This, this should be – everybody should be very happy. Sam should be happy. Howie should be happy. The Eagles fans should be happy that this deal isn't crushing – and it's about what Sam Bradford deserves. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are freaking out and going, why, why is he even here at all? And I'm never rooting for this team again. But, you know, this is this is a win for everybody. Uh, if if there is that magical upside there of the back and forth and, you know, the past episode, we're debating it again. Is that is that there? Is the physical ability it's something to build on? Was the seven games something to build on? Was it a mirage this way if it's? doesn't he's gone and who knows maybe it's a player option after next year maybe it's you know it, maybe it does really look like a one-year deal uh, when the details come out we don't have those right this moment at tuesday 5 30 uh, p.m but you know we'll update uh all along if that kind of keeps happening here and it kind of adjusted it, it and just as we we're talking off air it was just like this finally solidifies that final question of thank god you don't have to jump up at least for me jump up and, and get a guy like lynch or take another quarterback or god forbid move back to 26 to get that connor cook ish area of of drafting a quarterback and now you can actually go and get some really talented defensive tackles maybe ezekiel elliott falls there although that's that's not looking too promising that there's other guys that are better uh, suited at their position than our quarterbacks, and it finally doesn't lock them in. It gives gives everybody the optionality. It allows them to draft guards 
allows him to draft safeties and and everything else. Oh, here. Yeah. So you know, uh, what what is what are you looking forward to? I guess now that that question has been answered. Well, it seems like they've really made it a policy that they don't go into any off season without you know, uh, with with no clear starter at a position. I don't really think I can remember uh, them. Go- Sorry, I would say going into the draft. I don't really remember them going into a draft without a clear starter at a position since the Danny Watkins year. You remember that? Everyone was just like, "It's a guard. It's a guard. We don't have a guard. Like we very clearly don't have a guard." Yeah, and then you know there it was. So I think that uh, it's kind of good that they were able to lock Bradford up. And, uh, you know, this is he was a free agent. So this is sort of, you know, part, you know, zero of free agency. So, um, I mean, I, th- I think that's really what stands out to me most is that they is that they um, really tried to get something going here. I mean, I, they're they're clearly not done at this at the position. You know, they have Sanchez right now. I don't really think that anybody really feels anything about Sanchez. Uh, God, who else do they have? Yeah, uh, uh, Lewis, that Lewis, that's it? Yeah, okay, great. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so th- that's what we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at probably room for two more guys, and one of them might be, you know, a Mark Sanchez type. I'm not sure who that would be. Um, Bring back but, Ma- uh, Matt Barkley, right? I oh, that makes fun. Campaign. Yeah, like a real nice likable face there. But um, <laughs> I think that uh, – uh, so we're probably looking at two new quarterbacks. This certainly doesn't preclude them from taking one. But, you know, there's not going to be any pressure on them to start from day one, uh, which is good because you probably don't want that anyway. Um, and, you know, then maybe they can have a little bit of time to, to get him in, work with him. And, I mean, hell, I'd probably take Bradford over any of the rookies anyway. So, you know. Let's yeah. uh, let's light this candle. Which is Doug Peterson's, I guess, philosophy. At least that's what we've been told. You know, he wants those guys to wait and sit. And that's where I start to get excited of, of you know, look, me and Matt have had a, a Jacoby Brissett man crush, uh, I think, since last October. Ever since that Florida State game in 2015 when, you know, he, he's kind of showed those flashes there. That, that, that See, I'm, I'm looking more at, like, at, at third-round guys because after Lynch, again, I've said this a million times, it's very interchangeable. From you know whatever you want, uh, Dak Prescott, fine. Uh, now I, I actually think fine. Brissett is quite a lot better than Prescott. Oh no, um, so yeah, as do I. I'm just saying, like in the general idea, a lot of these people are interchangeable. You're going to see a lot of these on the rankings. Even Craig from Cincinnati's chiming in. Yeah, Vernon Adams is one of those guys for me. I think he's clearly better than I actually would prefer him over uh, Dak Prescott. Um, and and that's what I'm saying. Like guys are going to start get. I think this. I thought this would kind of kill the Lynch train here, but it's making people more hyped about it. I don't understand, like, uh, if if the intention was to draft a quarterback in the first round, I don't think you signed Bradford. I don't think any of this happens. This, to me, again, like we've been saying all along for weeks and weeks and weeks, this is not even close to a rebuild. This is a team that wants to win now, develop the you know somebody that's hopefully going to be better than Bradford behind them. I, I think this is just... This is this see like you know not a wait and see and see what happens with whoever they're going to draft here. This is let's win now and develop somebody that hopefully becomes better than Sam Bradford. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen in this draft because it, if you're going to do it in a year, uh, I I also think that's a mistake. If you're really just signing a two year deal to keep Bradford around for one more year, uh, why not just tag him? You know, at that point and pay the pay the nineteen million. There's nobody that's going to be. Uh, asking for two first-round picks for Sam Bradford. So, uh, again, it's just kind of where you get into I, – I just take two of them. I, th- I think I'm still on board with drafting two quarterbacks here, one in the third and one in the fifth that were later, and just see what you can 
kind of mold there. I know that the, I don't think Thad Lewis has anything of, of kind of upside there, but again, we haven't really seen him play that much either. I just think that there's uh, a, a hashtag no quarterbacks in the first round here. I mean, I'm getting excited at the fact that you can draft Sheldon Rankins and not feel bad about it or, you know, Conklin or uh, who's ever there. Like what is, uh, what would be now your main target in the first round? And really, anybody in free agency that's sticking out to you, Matt? Boy, I um, well, I I sort of think that it's funny. I I was complaining about this a while back, but it's funny that um, people are doing mock drafts. And look, if if a if like a very plain Jane um free agency period comes and goes, and that makes you rethink your entire mock draft. Like if you are saying like, well, with the signing of like mid market offensive linemen. I'm going to change this pick to from an offensive lineman like that sort of thing. Like you're, you're doing a bad job. Uh, I would think that they'll definitely have look to get at least probably at least one. I mean, yeah, at least one and maybe two offensive linemen. Uh, I do feel like that, uh, that they probably think that between, you know, those three sort of dumpy looking dudes that they have Tobin Gardner and uh, Barber, they're all lookers. Um, that I think that they probably feel like they, they can, one of them could probably hold down the one guard position or maybe try to take a, you know, draft a guy for that. But then the other time, other place, you know, you might be looking at somebody like Alex Boone, who was a big name a few years ago when he had his very um, public contract holdout. Get away, cat. Cat's playing with the cord. Hang on. Uh, so we got cat the, interference uh, here. Yeah. Come on, dude. All right. So, um, the uh, so you, you know Alex Boone he became a big name when he had his very public contract holdout. I don't remember what happened with that, but I do know he spent the whole time in Arizona drinking and he came back and sucked it up. <laughs> so I'm not really sure if he's anything more than a name, but um, you know so somebody like that the the money would probably be right for him uh, there. And um, uh, I also think that uh, boy I don't know who else is out there. Uh, well, here, you know, here's a name that I that has kind of got interesting. It's since Rex Ryan is. Uh, giving away talent and not acquiring it right now uh Ugh, i i would that i would think that maybe mario williams is now kind of worth kicking the tires on i was kind of I, I i didn't want them to do it if, if bradford wasn't going to be here but i mean it's just it's kind of an obvious thing that you're going to probably get a thousand different articles about it you probably already have but i am very much on board and kicking the tires on mario williams and seeing if he'll he'll take a one or two year deal just to kind of get give you some you know whether whether he starts or not or however the rotation goes it doesn't matter to me you want to put him and Curry in a rotation or him and Brandon Graham in a rotation I think that helps you a lot uh, going throughout there I don't expect them to go after another corner uh, it, it sounded like that them and the Nolan Carroll were having conversations which could be an interesting thing I brought up Matt's favorite thing of possibly <clears throat> moving him to safety. Uh, if they really do want to get somebody on the field or keep them on the field at all the time or, you know, him being a dime safety or whatever kind of sub package that there yeah, is. Yeah, he's a there. great gunner, too. I'm just not sure that – I don't know. That 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 one I think would probably be fairly surprising. Yeah, no, it would. And let alone I know that – which is kind of weird to me, too, is because, like, wouldn't you rather have – Somebody to at least either back up uh, row or vice versa. Like that it seemed to work out last year pretty well uh, up until the Detroit game. But uh, yeah, I just I just think that kind of uh, makes sense for everybody. Interesting name that you know I don't I doubt the Eagles would be interested. In, but Janoris Jenkins also looks like he's hitting the market. You have any interest in kicking the tires on him? He's probably going to demand a lot more money than anybody is going to be happy with. But what uh, your thoughts on? Them possibly adding a cornerback as opposed to, you know, offensive lineman or whatever here. 
I don't know. That doesn't really that doesn't really do anything for me. I know that the book on Janoris Jenkins is that he had, you know, he had a bunch of those splash plays, and that uh, actually he's been like pretty bad apart from the fact that he had like four pick six his rookie year. Um, you know, I, I might be I might be way off base with that, but I, I sort of uh, feel like that's been the book on him. Um, I don't know if I'd really get that excited about adding a guy like that. I think what this defense needs, you know, if they're going to do anything, I think that something like a pass rusher, like a Mario Williams kind of guy. And and that's an interesting one, too, because you have to really figure you have to really think about what does Mario Williams think about himself right now? You know, there's um, there's allegations that he's been loafing. Oh, and um, <laughs> but that, that, you know, he, he took plays off and, uh, you know, haven't we all? But um, but not know, like Jason he, Peters. Not no, like no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He stayed in the game. <laughs> but um, no. So, you know, there's been there's been talk about how he's been loafing, you know, and I think a lot of guys will will loaf if they feel if they you know can feel the footsteps coming that they're just like, well, I'm just going to hold out and live live another day next year. Uh, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but that's sort of the same thing. But that to me might suggest that like this is not a this is not a guy who thinks he's going to have trouble finding a job. And if he doesn't think he's going to have trouble finding a job, well, if he's right about that, then you know he might price himself out of this, especially because we're looking for like a third pass rusher so that we can finally say goodbye to old Community Garden Barwin over here. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the only way like Barwin might get traded at that point if they land. Mario Williams and they, they Barwin is so much more valuable to a three four. I don't, you know, I just, I really think that that to me, that's a no brainer. I don't know if that's a draft day trade or like a later in the season trade, but like he is not a hand in the ground pass rusher. You guys can yell at me all you want. I do not care. He cannot do it. Uh, you know, he he's the type of guy who's strong side linebacker, right? Well, and he's probably closer to that, I would think, than he is, and you know, he's not he's not that either. I think he's really he's a three four outside linebacker. He's like a kind of guy like a, like a uh, what was his name? Uh, was it Jared Jack? Does that sound right? No, that's not right. What was his name? It was a white guy in the Ravens, and he went to the Chargers a few years oh, ago. I can't even remember. I have no idea. Is he still a starter? Jarrett? Oh, no, okay. he's tired. Um, let's say his name was Bradley Jarrett, All right. the, the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. But he, um, so you know, he was uh, uh, like somebody like that. You know, a guy who's just more of a linebackery type. You know, not lost in coverage, can sort of rush the passer if he, you know, pulls out his bag of tricks and whatever. Like that seems to me like that was his best value. So I would think that uh, for sure they have to be looking at making a pass, adding a pass rusher. They they got to start making more plays. You know, they got to. Uh, and they really ha hamstrung themselves with the two gapping thing, but they they gotta like just be thinking about making plays nonstop. And I think that to, that to me that means that they need a third dynamic edge player, and Barwin is not that. Yeah, Jake Mark uh, is suggesting that you don't like Barwin's spin move, and I think we, <laughs> we all love the one uh, the one move that Barwin has is uh, yeah, he falls on his butt, his falls bottom. on his butt, it makes a community garden, and then uh, goes sex the the quarterback. So that's that's kind of how it rolls out there, but. Yeah, I, I jumping back to Alex Boone, I actually think that's that's not a bad idea. Um, I, maybe maybe even Evan Mathis would make a trip back into. No, I'm just I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jari Evans is is another one that's going to come up all the time. Uh, yeah, everybody else is is whatever. I mean, I I don't think this is a Chris Chester type of guard uh, free agency thing. I think they're going to try and sign a couple of these guys and. And just really just for the depth that's there. And granted, I still think they like their depth. Uh, even says even though even though uh, we think they stink, just like you said, I think Gardner and uh, Barber and those guys are still going to be in the system. And then 
Uh, the other two kids that were on the practice squad, whose names are escaping me right now, they're still oh, uh, Boyko and um, the UCL A guy. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So there's uh, him, and you know we're just gonna it. It's gonna happen. There's uh, there's again a plenty of guards tackles. Yeah, you know I'm looking through this things. list. There's uh, there's some names on here. Jeff Allen, uh, Kalechio Semeli. He's probably gonna price himself out, and he can go out to some smarter organization that pays a ton of money for guards which is not us but yeah i mean uh then we got like some some cool names like chris chester uh manny ramirez you know these are all guys Richie on the wrong side of 30. yeah yeah <laughs> and of course yeah he could bring that that nasty nasty gross mouth back to philly that we haven't had since uh john runyon or whatever i don't yeah. know yeah and uh, that way you don't have to eat hey uh, dallas reynolds is a free agent well there you go uh jeff allen actually patrick wall's favorite guard uh mind you and i, I actually don't think he leaves uh, Kansas City. I think he's going to find a deal there too, but uh yeah, I mean it's it, just a it's just a swing back to Bradford. I think what is what has been the I, I guess has your confidence level now gone up down it, has it made it like okay, this season is actually you can compete for the division at least with this setup, hopefully maybe. Uh it, I know that really depends on free agency and it depends on the draft and what are the kind of weapons they're going to go through there, but um, if we're kind of expecting the boring offense to come through, I think Bradford gives you a better chance to win a division rather than a rookie or rather than Chase Daniels or Mark Sanchez that are going to come in here and start. So it, it, does this change your expectation all as far as where, where if they can make the playoffs, I guess we'll start there. Oh, yeah. I mean, no question. You, <laughs> if you're telling me they're going to let Bradford walk and they're going to go out and get a guy and that guy might be Mark Sanchez or a Mark Sanchez type, you know, like a like a bottom end starter iffy kind of guy, and you know, and then try to see what a rookie can do. I mean, that's like that's like full on punting. You know, every anything that happens is nice, but like no. So the fact that they're bringing back a guy, a guy like Bradford, that that changes my expectations a ton. I mean, I would I would say that it, it would not be unreasonable to think about making the playoffs. Uh, you know, if the division plays out the way that we do, that we think it will. You know, I, I feel like or that, you know, that, that it did last year anyway, where where nobody played particularly well. And the division winner was just like a fluky piece of crap, just like it seems like every year since 2008 uh, it's gone that way or even before that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that, when you know, when you talk about uh, does this change my expectations? Yeah, this this is a much, much better team with Bradford than without him. Yeah, and I think there's going to be. I mean, be... it's a whole it's a whole different conversation. I mean, I I'm I'm just like wow, I'm just seeing like colors I've never seen before. <laughs> like like it's a it's like a <laughs> it's a whole different conversation that that you know having like a starting quarterback versus like hey like maybe Chase Daniels is a thing and like hey you know shouts to the guy named Chase Daniels in the chat room who maybe already left uh like hey like maybe you know we can groom up a rookie and uh and then just run the ball and play defense and you know hope for the best like this is a whole different thing i mean this is like going to be a complete offense that maybe i'd have some semblance of you know talent and respectability uh malcolm bunch was the uh the one we were looking for we appreciate that uh dabbler williams who's uh out there on uh twitter yeah i I feel the same way, and but yeah, shocking, right? The Bradford stand feels feels great about the signing and where where it can come moving forward here. But it it just uh, now it really comes down to again, like I, I, I thought even beforehand. I think it actually takes some of the pressure off of Howie Roseman uh, because you know we've all been ha had our different kind of critical moments about 
how is how really good is his talent evaluation and i think that there was no doubt that this needed to happen because of that i think trying to find a franchise quarterback with how the front office is currently assembled and whether or not you know they they just don't have their the personnel guy that they want and by the way, shouts to Jimmy Kemsky for reporting today. That, yeah, he's just tweeting it right now. He's about to bring that up. Uh, what uh, What is he saying? Sorry, just I haven't the, seen. He just did the in case you missed it. Oh, okay, uh, they cool. Tried to hire Daniel uh, Jeremiah. I actually yeah. have a take on that too. I think. Um, okay. Well, yeah. I I I look at that and go, wow, because I know that there is a couple of other television personalities that they had suggested there. Uh, thank God, and it's back and forth. I think that they the, the Eagles have denied that they made an offer. Uh, and I, I don't exactly know what happened there, but again, that type of line of thinking of like, well, we'd rather go with Jenny, uh, Daniel Jeremiah here as our as our player personnel guy, who I don't have anything against him. Uh, I think he's great on as a as a media guy, and obviously him and Howie got along really really well, so that makes a ton of sense. I just don't look at him as like a, a real strong guy either. I look like it's it's kind of the same thing as like, well, we know his name and he can come in here, but um, as far as that goes, just. Uh, until you get get that strong personnel guy, whoever they may be, and it might be maybe the guy in Pittsburgh, and they're just waiting for him um, until the draft is over, because that's how most of that stuff goes. You, they needed to do this. This takes all the pressure, just like I was saying, off of that. It allows them to go do a more, as Matt likes to call it, a by the by the book. Uh, we all know his name. This is exactly how we thought this draft was going to come out. It is going to be paint by the numbers, which I think is fine here. You know, I don't expect a, a ton of movement. Sure, that you know, Howie's notorious for trading down. I, I don't see them dropping out of the top 15. I'd be surprised by that. I wouldn't be surprised at all when they jump back into the second round using a third, their third-round pick or whatever it ends up being here. But uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on that too because that's where I think that most of this kind of came from. And, I don't, and, the, and the other thing is I, I'm not really sure who flinched here because if there really was a market for Sam Bradford, you would think that they would walk into free agency. But at the same time, why would the Eagles accept – a two-year deal of $26 million. You know, I just kind of – I go back and forth with that too. But uh, thoughts on the front office and the draft and everything and and also the market for Bradford there, Matt? Well, yeah, I think um, – I don't know. I mean, I said I said last time I thought that Howie was trying very, very hard to seem like he was in charge. I actually think that, like, going out and hiring, like, a public-facing media analyst kind of guy, I think that really falls in line with that, at least in my opinion, that, you know, trying to go out there and get this guy. Because, I mean, look, Daniel Jeremiah, he is a former scout. He was a scout in the NFL for, I think, for like, eight years. You know, not forever. He's certainly not been around teams. And uh, I think he's been he's been with NFL Network now for probably five years. Um, you know, former player, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, he's pretty good on the he's pretty good on the camera. That's why he has his job. Uh, actually, Mike Mayak told a funny story about why he has his job. Uh, he basically they just said, "We like you, but you're not a big enough name. Can you do draft?" And he was like, "Oh yeah," but he couldn't, so he figured it out. But anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, so Daniel Jeremiah, I think he is something of a lightweight as far as these types go. You know, he's maybe not so ambitious. He's maybe like he's tasted uh, what it's like to be on TV. I think that, you know, he is certainly like the kind of guy who you might bring in if you thought you might be able to bully him around. So the fact that he's not here, I think that's pretty good. It also tells me that Howie still feels like he's on the hot seat. And I and I really do feel like Howie is not, you know, his job is not secure right now that that he he's really trying hard to sort of project that kind of air. And I think that 
sometimes they're sort of letting him, but like, I don't know, he seems a little too try hard. And for them to, him to go out and say like, well, you know, the presumptive GM, like possibly next season, uh, yeah, he's going to be like, um, you know, guy haircut over here. This is, this is who it's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> yeah. We, we got a lot of names. King um, of nicknames gonna, here. Yeah. He's got it. So it's going to be this, it's going to be this type of guy. Um, you know, you're, you're Mark Dominic or you're whatever, uh, you're Daniel Jeremiah types The these kinds of guys are going to come in and, and, um, uh, and you know, that's going to be it. Like, I don't know that, that to me seems like he's trying to get like a softball and, and he didn't get it. So, uh, that sort of, that sort of to me is, is at least a little bit instructive. And I think we'll know a little bit more once we find out who they do get. And of course this might, might all come undone tomorrow when they go out and they hire Mel Kuyper. So you know, <laughs> oh, who the hell knows? Yeah. But, uh, um, driving his Ford contour and narratives, uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, for Baltimore. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, that's just where, that's what I'm saying though. It's just, I think it is. I think it was important to do that because all of that is is so much in the air. I actually kind of have the I, I I don't like that direction. I'm I'm kind of the opposite of Matt. I don't think that that's I don't think that's a good idea at all. Like when, when is the when is the last time that somebody was in the media uh, or went from front office into the media back into the front office? Most of the time, the media is a lot better job and they're paying you a lot more. And you, you know you don't it's not as uh, accountable. They're just asking you for your opinion. Uh, I, I've never seen anybody like jump back in once they are out of the media. Most of the coaches included in that too, except for like Mike Shanahan, who's policing. Like, please, yeah, I was going to say the only the only thing I usually see is the coaches will like sit out their coaching contract where they where they get paid to not work. They'll go into the media and make a little bit of extra money and not have a coach, which near as I can tell is the worst job in the world. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and see, like, so, and just back to the market for a second is what is. You, what what do you think happened there? Did you if do you think anybody flinched in this deal or was everybody happy? Um, was there a market out there for Sim Bradford or not? In your opinion, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a there's a lot of different angles you could look at this from. I think it is surprising. Uh, you know, if the market was like really really fleshed out and or you know Ton Condom thought it was, then you know the the he would uh, probably at least go see it, especially since they didn't tag him. You know, I don't know if there was like if they'd already agreed and with the threat of the tag. And so they didn't actually need to do the tag, even though the news didn't break until 20 minutes after the tag deadline, you know, I don't know. There's like, I guess there's like some strange wiggle room type things going on here. But, um, I certainly think that, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, uh, I guess the only other thing I could really think of other than like, yeah, they, they asked around and nobody would want him. And frankly, like, I don't believe that, you know, and, and I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But the only other thing I could really think of is that, you know, if there are like like, let's say there's five other jobs and, you know, don't make me name them. But, you know, <laughs> let's say that there's let's say that there's like a few other landing spots that he could have, like the Jets and I don't know, Washington. I don't know. Uh, whatever the heck. Like, don't make me do it, John. Stop I'm not, it. I didn't even try. Just yeah. I'd sh stop it, John. You're out of control, man. <laughs> so, um, no, but, you know, or like the Texans, maybe he took a look at Philly and was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, and that's not great. But like I said before, like if, if your whole takeaway from this is that the Eagles situation, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, that's true. Um, so but I do think that I mean, he wouldn't be here on that kind of deal if he felt like he could do better. Um, so, yeah, I guess really you have to think that the market maybe just wasn't there. Yeah. And you, you got to assume that, like, you know, at least there's OK, I'm happy with whatever they're going to give me the 20 million dollars that's guaranteed here. And if I can continue to prove uh, or or improve or prove that I can, you know, I'm the starting quarterback here, at least for the next like four or five years, then I can get a new deal with a lot more money when the cap's going to be higher. 
So I think there's some upside there too. Whether or not that, you know, he likes likes it here and really likes being in Philadelphia, I think is going to be the song and dance number that you're going to hear for a long time of, you know, just with the teammates and everybody wanting a back. Look, Zach Ertz yeah, is obviously and what a, happy. And what a load of crap that'll be too. It's just like, oh, like I couldn't wait to like get in and, and work with the guy I texted with a little bit and, <laughs> you know, the, the equipment manager. Like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. He might like the players here. I certainly think there's a lot to like as far as the players here are concerned. And, you know, maybe he does think something of Doug Peterson as a coach. If I were him, you know, I'm not really sure how much that would really enter into it. Uh, it could just be a familiarity thing. It could just be like, uh, yeah, you're not really going to get much better here. It could have even been that, you know, Ton Condom, he blinked. Yeah. I think I'm kind of leaning more or less like, hey, I don't think you're going to get a better offer than this. Uh, and even a test that can go out there, I think if you're if you're going to go really test free agency with maybe one or two teams, or I assumed that there was going to be like a fake market that was going to be created, probably too much of a risk. And if you're getting the 18 a year, on, at least on the cap, and just like I said, about $20 million, um, then, I, I, you know, shake hands and go and which is another interesting point that people were talking about yesterday and really for the past couple of weeks about how strong this offensive staff is and how many good QB gurus that there that there are there and except for DiFilippo uh who's actually shown that he's worked with a couple of different quarterbacks and 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 has gotten a lot out of them I haven't really seen that with Doug Peterson in in Reich at least with what's on the field and what they've what they've dealt with I don't think Alex Smith really had a big uptick I don't really think that Philip Rivers had an uptick while, you know, that maybe the passing yards and, and and some of that the passing game was a little better, but I don't I didn't see anything improve from Philip Rivers or from Alex Smith and I know that's kind of like a a weird variable be- between the two, but I I'm still kind of like in a wait and see of like, yeah, okay, they I do buy that they are going to be good teachers. Like I think that's there there's a lot of former players uh, and players active players that have both said that, but I I'm just still not on the fact that of like yeah, uh, they'll be there to help Sam. I don't know if it's really going to improve Sam. You know, I don't know what more you can really develop out of that. Do you get the sense of that too? Like there's, I think that's being oversold uh, just a tiny bit here. Yeah, I really, I I think that, yeah, yes, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's impossible for me to know, you know, without being in the room. And so I guess you can hear, and that's the other thing too, is like how well he does in the room, that doesn't always translate to the field, you know, for better or worse. You, you know, you can't always say like, well, this guy's great. And like his team could still suck. You could you have good coaches on bad teams all the time. You know, that's like been the Cleveland Browns motto for as long as I could remember. So and, you know, lo and behold, here comes John Filippo. But uh, it's I think without like really knowing these guys and, and knowing who they are and spending a bunch of time with them, it's really it's really hard to tell. You know, one thing I will say is it seems like Doug was like he was like the running game guy over there in Kansas City. And they seem to do a pretty good job with that running game. So, you know, and, and people say that, you know, having a strong running game is the key to, like, quarterback development because it means they have to do less, which, you know, I don't know. That it's really true. inspires a ton of confidence. You know, but, no, yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I, I could see how you might think it's being oversold. I do think that overall this is a very strong offensive coaching staff, and they all seem like they're, like, like there's not, like, an irascible piece of crap among them, which uh, I guess is a nice change from – how it was with Chip, you know, and before that even we had, um, you know, some strong personalities with dudes like Washburn and stuff like that where, yeah, and, and Jerry Azanaro for that matter. Sorry, Jerry. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, that maybe maybe these, these guys are set up a little bit more to, like, actually talk to each other. So that might be good. Yeah, no, I think uh, communication breakdown. Uh, yeah, no, that's 
that's been sold a lot too and we'll just have to see if that's that's true or not it's kind of interesting because i was looking at i watched i don't know if anybody you see the 30 for 30 85 bears by the way did you watch that yet matt i don't have cable john it's on netflix so that's what i was asking okay, no, it's, I don't see. it's kind of it's it's a weird scenario and trust me i am not comparing this defense to the 85 bears i'm not i'm not i'm not, I'm not. but it was interesting because they had the similar storylines uh, before Dick got in there, like Buddy Ryan was, they had a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. They went from like you know twenty fourth, and then they went to tenth, and then fourth or fifth, and their offense was was garbage. And it was reminding me a lot of the last couple of years that you know the, the, of the Eagles, like it it flashed, the defense flashed, and then it died. Like it's just kind of there. I I really truly think that there is at least one side of this that can be really special especially Jim Schwartz being here. I think that's – I'm still most excited about that. I like that Bradford's here because it gives you a little bit of stability. Uh, if he – again, we're going to have the, the – the, the fucked up thing is we're going to have the same kind of debates over and over again that we had last August. Uh, even even good or bad preseason, there's going to be like, whoa, hope he holds up, hope he's okay, hope that shoulder stays in, hope those knees are fine. Um, but regardless of that, even if it is that the, you know, the no confidence type of – running game if they can find uh if they can find some juice in DeMarco Murray's legs or whatever ends up happening in the draft if they you know I, I just look at that and say okay you know this this thing could be special this defense could be special and that's where I hope that the the uh the focus is in this draft that's why I'm so very heavy on that of getting some of those you know this defensive tackle uh the, the class is so stacked like it's it's okay. I think it's okay to grab a bunch of those guys, and I know Matt's more on grab the offense if it's there. But uh, I don't know. I just I, I have a feeling at least for the defensive side. I honestly think that this end could end up being a, a surprise football team, just like everything else that comes in here. When a new coach and a, or a new quarterback comes in, there's usually it's either going to be great right away or it's going to be bad. Uh, history's kind of shown us that. Like if there's if there's ever a change that kind of comes in there. You're gonna know like right away if it's gonna be good or bad, um, and I just I I just think that this is this is a team that is built now and ready to ready to win some football games. How many I have no idea, but I, better than seven. <laughs> you know, I think this team is just on the defensive alone. I think this team is ready to win uh, more than seven games here, and we'll just have to see how this thing uh, kind of plays out. Matt, we're just gonna keep it nice and short here. But any other final thoughts that are running through your head? Uh, with Sam Bradford or the outlook of the team here. Yeah, I was talking about this a little bit yesterday. I just looking back on last year and and what can you really say about the team? I really struggle because the team was exceptionally poorly coached, you know, that the offense just completely fell apart. I mean, they were they were obliterated for long stretches of the year. And then you sort of got me on this because you were saying, like, what does DeMarco Murray have left? And I think that's a good question because uh, I don't I mean, it's easy enough to say he was terrible and he was he was awful last year. But, you know, it's also like you have to put in the context that like ev the whole team played like crap. You know, the offense played like crap for long stretches. The defense played like crap for shorter stretches. And they it was it was just a very, very bad year. What can you what can you really attribute to the players? What can you really attribute to the players? Like I said before, like just trying to live to see another day. What what can you really say, like for sure about really about any of these guys? Uh, I mean, this was this was a bad team last year that somehow managed to win seven games. And, uh, you know, it was just a very 
poorly coached team. So, you know, I think that you might get in here and you might just say, look, with some average coaching, you know, this could be a nine win team. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think that's like. And so, you know, if we if we got something here, you know, we're talking about even more than that, maybe. And and look, and I don't I don't know how much of this is Murray is cooked. I guess, you know, my instinct is to say that it's not usually that simple. Um, and I so, think it's not just with Murray either. You know, I think that's I don't think I don't think Kiko's really cooked. I don't think we've seen the the best of him. Uh, you know, I didn't not that I he's going to bust out and be a superstar or whatever. But and the same with Kendricks, too. Like, it was all weird. It was a weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. <laughs> I know, and, and granted, there's some overrating of Kendricks and we've said that a billion times already. But I just don't think like it was just weird. Everything was weird last year. Uh, your great players looked average. Your okay players looked terrible. And your terrible players really looked awful. So I, I, I think that there's something to that. I don't think it's that simple either. I think there is – obviously there's talent issues. I just don't think that there is is a ton of them. I think this is where you kind of just, you know, like I said, you get Mario Williams in here, changes some things. You you have a decent draft, it changes some things. So uh, Sam Bradford definitely 100% changed something today. And how uh, – whether you think, it, you know, that's – the, he's the greatest thing on earth. You're not sure about him. You absolutely hate him. Um, I think with the deal, just like we were saying at the beginning of the deal, how it's set up, you, you can't be disappointed by this. You really can't. I mean, just just like I said, there might be some just the tiniest bit of up, upside with Sam Bradford, and that might be enough if it actually stays consistent here and you have a decent offense to run through. So, um, uh, real quick, uh, Juan is uh, asking is Sanchez uh, staying now. One hundred percent. No, I think he's he's going to be your no. first cut off the board. Yep. And if they get lucky, maybe they get a seventh rounder for him from somebody that completely missed who would in the do draft. that? What? what? <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals might think about doing it. You know, conditional <laughs> seventh. Rounder. Can you believe we got something from Matt Barkley? Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you want Matt Barkley again, uh, Jared Goff is your guy. By the way, the, that's a, how about how about that for a hot take? So, um, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it to that. I'm sure we'll have uh, more reactions. Of course, uh, again, thank you to our sponsor, Clippit. That's C-L-I-P-P-I-T dot TV. Uh, if you want to check them out or on Twitter at Clippit TV. It is one of the hottest apps that is out there. It's uh, so fun that is just to have live TV in the palm of your hand and just do clip it, share it, and have people watch it. It's, it's amazing. On the uh, Apple Store, on the Android Store, go pick it up immediately as soon as you're done listening to this podcast for myself john barchard for mr matt daring we want to thank you once again for listening to episode number 150 uh sammy sleeves is finally back here folks and we will uh again oh that's what i was going to say thursday uh another jam-packed show so we'll, we'll react to this a little more uh teron davenport is going to join us for the very first time he's the uh, newest eagles beat writer working for usa today blogging over there benjamin albright who called this thing uh, and has been very accurate uh, dealing with anything Bradford. He might actually be Sam Bradford. Will also join us for a couple of minutes. We'll get his thoughts as well, along with our own Ben Natan. So uh, for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Matt Daring, we want to thank you so much for listening to episode number 150 right here on Mixler.com and BGNRadio.com. We'll see you. Com Tondon. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.